Hi, this is Dan. And this is Joe. And this is Enough Room. And we're back again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the last episode was just so good. I was I was listening to it, and at the end there, I was just like watching you and going, "Amen, amen." amen. <laughs> um, yeah. If you haven't listened to it, um, I would like to invite you to go back one episode and have a listen to um, to that particular episode. We're currently going through a letter that mm. was sent to. I, I should really stop saying letter mm-hmm. because it was a Facebook message. Mm. What year are we in? I know. Remind me, 2020. <laughs> How old are you again? <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, I went there, yes. we'll just edit that out of the thing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, there was this Facebook message that was sent to us um, and we've decided to go through it. And in the last episode, um, we read through the first two lines, which is basically this person who has written to us um, acknowledged that she had... Um, saw Daniel's testimony mm. um, and his struggle about being gay yeah. years ago. Um, and so we went um, into that. And I think we came out of that at a beautiful place where we were just talking about how we've been through the struggle of the pressures of being gay in mm. the church, but we're now at a place where we can finally, or we have finally accepted who we are and that we are the children of God. Yeah. And he has created us. Yeah. Um to be gay and to have this fabulous life. Mm. Well, I mean, we still have our issues. Yeah, we're still pretty boring. Yeah, but (laughs) (laughs) he has blessed us immensely with this life. Um, And yeah, I just loved what you had to share at the end of it. But that being said, Hmm. uh, do you want me to read the next paragraph? Or do you want to do that? Yep. So... She continues by saying, I accidentally came across your page that shows you are now engaged to someone of the same sex. We live in confusing times. You seem to love Jesus from what you post and even say happy Sabbath, which shows your commitment to the law of God. There's so much to unpack mm. here. <laughs> and uh, if you... If it's you, amazing how much <laughs> you can put in a few little lines. <laughs> if you haven't listened to our first... Um, Uh, our episode, the one before this, Um, the reason why we're sort of going through this letter is we just feel like there's just so much in there that are actually, you know, really good questions that people often ask. Um, And we thought it might be good to actually go through it and discuss some of those Mm. points because there might be questions that you've been asked or that you yourself have been asking. And I think to me it just highlights a way of thinking that I know I can certainly relate to, yeah. But is it? It's it's a whole other way of thinking that doesn't necessarily allow you to be open minded, yeah. And I think that's that's what we want to look at is yeah. is what brings someone to write this sort of message, yeah. And and how how can we I guess unpack it and respond yeah. to it? And and I guess I want to zoom in on um, what she says that. You know, she comes across your page and she sees you're engaged to someone of the same sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes, you seem to love Jesus mm. from what you post. Mm. And you even say happy Sabbath, which shows your commitment to the law. And mm. automatically in my mind, I'm like, you seem to love Jesus 
what does loving Jesus mm. look like? What like is yeah, there what like does a, that mean? You seem to love Jesus from what you post. Is there like a template about loving mm. Jesus? Like when you join mm. the church, do you get like a ten step program to loving Jesus? Yeah. Or <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> and I mean to be honest, I guess almost as a as an Adventist, that's almost like a huge compliment to to as a Christian, I should say, not just an Adventist, to have someone say that, I mean, she says you seem to love Jesus, but to even think that she even recognizes that I love Christ just through my posts. Wow. What a, what a compliment. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, but at the same time, yeah, you're right. What, what does it mean to love Jesus? And yeah. I mean, you seem to like, it's such a weird message, but yes, let's, let's <laughs> dig into that. What does it mean to love Jesus? Yeah. And when I, when I think of love and in the context of Jesus or in just the context of everything in general, as a Christian person, I'm drawn to this one text in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the first book of John chapter four, verse 19, if you need a reference. Um, I feel like first John is a good book. Based uh, it, on the last two it is such there. a good book. <laughs> Go and read it. Um, and so talking about love, it says, we though are going to love, love and be loved. First we were loved and now we love. He loved us first. And so from this verse, it, it's basically saying that we love because he, meaning mm. God, Jesus, loved us first and it's sort of like you know that whole thing about paying it forward Mm. someone has done something good for you or whatever it is and then you pay it forward you pass it on to someone else and i feel like this is basically that Mm. where we're almost it's almost a reaction of ours we love as a response and a reaction to him loving us yeah because his love for us was so significant it changed us yeah that we just want to love everybody and made us love others yeah so Okay, so what is his love for us? And, and and I think that's like the the important part of this is that if I'm paying something forward, it means I've received something. Mm. Mm. And if I'm loving others, that means I must now turn to Jesus to see what it means yep. to love other people. And in order to do that, we have to sort of look at how did Jesus love? Mm. Um, and I guess, I yeah, this, and that's the thoughts that came to my mind when I read, you seem to love Jesus. Because I'm like, what does it mean to love Jesus? What mm. does it mean to love? And so, yeah, through this verse, I'm just like, okay, let's have a look at how did Jesus love? Because mm. whatever way Jesus was loving, that's the way he's loved me. Mm. And that should be the way that I'm then loving, loving others. others. Um so yeah, how like you obviously well, have read the Bible? We, uh, <laughs> yes, I think a little bit here and there. Um, yes, I think if we look at Jesus' life, so if we if we mainly look at the Gospels, I guess there's a few things that to me stand out. He was a healer, so yeah. he healed the sick. Yes, um, you know he he healed the blind. Um, you know, re- recovered um, the sight to the blind and. Yeah. Um, he healed the lame and, um, and, and so there was a, there a lot of healing. He even raised the dead. Yeah. I mean, um, and, and just on that blind one, he was in a crowd of people and mm. the blind man was sitting on the ground on the dirt mm. and he cried out to Jesus and somehow through the crowd, mm. Jesus heard the cries of a yep. blind man on the ground. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's what, what really stands out to me is Jesus touched the untouchable. Yeah. You know, he, he, 
he went out of his way to find people who were downtrodden. Yeah. To find people who were in the dust, in the dumps. Yeah. Um, who were outcasts. Mm. And he wanted to help them. Um, I mean, he's accused of, of hanging out with and having dinner with the scum of the earth, yeah. you know, the, um, that, that's, that's how he loved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the religious leaders back then called the group of people, the outcasts, the scum mm. of the earth. Um, but that's the kind of people that yeah. he was drawn to. And you're absolutely right. He made, mm. you know, he, he seemed to focus his attention on them. Um, the, I think it, it's interesting how, you know, I think one of the most, well, not most significant, but a, um, a very well-known part of Jesus' life is when he went into the temple. Yeah. You know, he was just furious and, you know, um, throwing this whip around and throwing tables over. And I think it's really interesting how, I don't, I don't think it really hit me today until I really thought about it, that I've always seen that as that's where Jesus got angry and he was so passionate about his father's house. Mm. And yes, he was. But it's interesting when I think about what he actually accused them of. What did he accuse them of? He accused them of turning his father's house into a den of thieves. Now, that to me, yes, is absolutely standing up for his father's house. But it's interesting why. Why was he so angry? And I wonder if it was not... It was almost... Um, you know, killing two birds with one stone, um, which is a very Christian phrase. But um, I, I think it's it was almost like he was he was clearing the temple of these thieves, as he described them. But when you actually understand the context of what was happening in those days, it was almost like those those people, those religious leaders, had turned the the instruction, the law of God into a business. Hmm. They were making money out of it. And not only that, they were making money out of it from the poor. Yeah. They were taking advantage of these people who felt that they needed to do this. They needed to buy these animals and they needed to buy these things to make the sacrifices, to make themselves right with God. And they were charging them. Like they, they were taking advantage of people's need. Mm. And so I think in this sense, again, Christ was, yes, he was standing up for his father's house, but I think he was also standing up for the poor, the poor, those who were, who were disadvantaged and being taken Mm. advantage of by the religious leaders of the day. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because one of the first times we see Jesus stand up and give a sermon, um, is in Luke 4, mm. um, 16 to 21, I believe the verses. And this is literally, you know, he stands up, they give mm. him a scroll. He opens up to the book of Isaiah. Mm. And this is what he reads. He reads, God's spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. Connecting very well to what you just said, you know, sent me to announce pardon to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. And this is at the beginning of his ministry. And Mm. this is his announcement Um, to set the burdened and the battered free 
and I'm, I'm thinking of um, the woman who was accused of adultery and, you know, mm. people are about to stone her, uh, stone her and she, he's drawn this line in the sand. Um, again, he says, you know, to set the burdened and the battered free, mm. to announce this is God's year to act. Wow. Yeah, and and in some verses it actually says uh, the, to announce the year of jubilee, mm. and the year of jubilee um, in Bible times uh, was this one year that happened. I think it's every fiftieth year. Yes. It's like something crazy, um, but it's the one year where all of the slaves are set free, yep. all of the debts are you know forgiven. Yep. So you don't have to pay them. All of these sort of things, and he's saying this is the year of jubilee, yep. and that was his whole thing while he was on earth. He was healing people. He was setting people free from whatever affliction they were on. He was standing up for a woman who was accused and was about to be stoned. Mm. Um, Even at the cross, he's literally hanging there on the cross and he looks down and he sees his mom, Mary. Mm. And this is the God of the universe. He could literally, you know, just say and things would happen but he looks down on his mom and you just feel in in the bible you feel his love for her Mm. where he turns to his disciple and he says you know this is your mother take care of her and he turns to mary and says this is your son and it's crazy that even in those moments of anguish his last dying moments he remembered Mm. his mother and he wanted to make sure that she was taken care of in a very real way, even though he was the God of the universe. Mm. And that's love. Mm. And that's his love. He, his love Mm. was all about people. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed to be focused so much on people, so much so that people accused him, like you said, of uh, hanging out with the scum of the earth, breaking Mm. the Sabbath and all of those things. And I'm just like, wow, Mm. this is what it means to love. Mm. This is the way Jesus loved. So it, so in a sense, going back to our point of what it looks like to love Jesus, I guess you're kind of saying that if, if we are to believe that we love because he first loved us mm. and our love therefore is a reflection of his love and yeah. his love is all about serving the oppressed yeah. and, and helping the disadvantaged. Yeah then that therefore is how we love yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Which I guess that fits, that, that seems to just match up with so many things. I mean, immediately <laughs> I've got the story of the sheep and the goats coming to mind and um, just all of the verses and, and, and instruction throughout scripture to look after the widow. And I mean, there's, there's that um, law about brothers marrying their brother's yeah. widow yeah. every time they die. And, very weird. And, you know, again, <laughs> yes, very weird, but it just goes to show it was all about protecting. I mean, in those days, yeah. a widow, was that was a death sentence, basically. And, and, I, and I think we need to touch on that because I think that's so important. Um, yeah, there's, it's, it was literally a law mm. in the Bible um, that says if one brother dies, mm. then the next brother has to marry his sister-in-law. Mm. Yeah. And that's just a weird thing for us in our time. Um, but it it made sense in terms of taking care yeah. of, you know, the widows in your community. And it's interesting because the Sadducees, this sect within um, Judaism back then, they came up to Jesus and they actually asked him mm. about that. They said, um, you know, there's this woman, she 
is married to one of five brothers, but then that brother dies and then so on. I think it's five or seven. I'm not Might too sure. Seven, yeah. uh, but anyway, she ends up marrying all seven of them because they keep dying. And mm. so the question was when she gets to heaven, which one of the brothers does she marry? And Jesus goes, uh, none of them. <laughs> mm. And it's almost like you can hear Jesus go, uh, you seriously missed the point <laughs> yes. of all of this. Um, and yeah, it's exactly that. It's over and over again. We see it in scripture. Mm. Um, and I think, I think that is just before, I think that's in Matthew five. Yes. From memory. And I think that's just before the, um, uh, the Pharisees come to him and, and ask him this question about... Actually, it's just, uh, yeah, just before that, yeah. Um, yes. So, so I believe the Pharisees are trying to trap him mm. in the law and, and, and trying to make him stumble. And, yeah. And so I believe they ask him what the greatest law is, yeah. what the most important law is. And it's interesting how he responds to that. Um, sorry, I think I said Matthew 5. It was actually Matthew 22. So he says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Mm. I find that interesting how, I mean, we were just talking about this. There's, there is that law about the widows, yeah, yeah, you know, but, and it seems a bit odd. Like why should, when one brother dies, another brother has to marry yeah. her. And how is, how is that law relevant to any of this? Yeah. But as we just discussed, it's actually about loving your neighbor as yourself. It's about caring mm. for your neighbor. Yeah. That law is all about looking after the widow. Yeah. And, and so I find it interesting that, that Jesus, when he responds to the question of what is the greatest commandment, he doesn't pick one of the Ten Commandments. He doesn't pick... Doesn't pick the Sabbath. You know, yeah, he doesn't pick the <laughs> Sabbath. Um, sorry, Adventists. Um, he says the most important law is to love the Lord your God. And the second, which is just as important... Yeah, he says equally important. Equally important is to love your neighbor. Yeah. And so in other words... Love is yeah. the greatest law. Is the greatest law. So, and, and My mind is being blown, by the way. <laughs> and, and I think that makes so much sense when... Um, did you want to um, share, I yeah, believe yeah. it's in Matthew 5, one. this verse. And and yeah, it's love. And, and that's the thing. It's like love is the greatest law because he goes, love God. And the next one is just as important. Mm. And we sometimes put them on two different things we're like god is up here and everyone else is down here but jesus is like no they're just as important you gotta love god and you gotta love everyone uh loving your neighbor just as yourself and i guess that also makes sense when you think about what we talked about in the last episode where we are all children of god if you think about i mean i'm not a parent but from what i've heard from parents they would do anything to stand up for their child. And yes. if someone is is not treating their child right, they they take they almost take it personally. Yeah. So it almost makes sense here when God sees all of us, mm. all of us people as his children, yeah. it makes sense that he's saying, well, yes, the greatest law is for you to love me, mm. but equally important is for you to love my children. Yeah, you got to take care of my children. 
who yeah. is everyone around it's us. It's beautiful. It it's, is seriously yeah. beautiful. And um, I, I think it connects well to um, the woman who wrote us this lovely Facebook mm. message. It connects well with the next line that she's got in there, which is, um, you know, you even say happy Sabbath, which shows your commitment to the law of God. Mm. And this is Jesus saying, this is my, yeah. these are the two, you know, main things. And essentially you could boil it down to love. Love is the greatest commandment. And in in the book of Luke, um, sorry, not the book of Luke, the book of Matthew, there's a question about Jesus' purpose. Mm. And um, Jesus is speaking in, he says, don't suppose or don't think for a minute that I've come to demolish the scriptures or that I've come to demolish God's law or the prophets. I'm not here to demolish, but to complete. In mm. some uh, translation, that's, they say to fulfill, mm. to fulfill the law. Um, but yeah, he says, I'm not here to demolish, but to complete. I'm going to put it all together. Pull it all together into a vast panorama. Mm. And I'm like, wow. Okay, hold on. So Jesus says, love God, love your neighbor. Boil it down. What's the greatest commandment? Love. Mm. And he also says, I am here to confirm all of this and to mm. put it all into one big panorama. The mm. prophets, the law, everything, one big panorama. And what is that one big panorama? Love. 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 And yeah, when I when I look mm. back at um, this lady who wrote this letter, and I I look back at how she mentions, you know, we seem to love Jesus, and also a commitment of the law. And in my mind, the first question that came up is, what does it mean to love Jesus, mm. and what does it mean to be committed to the law? And from what I've been reading, it's love. They're both the same thing. They're both the same thing. It's loving mm. others. Loving people who you may not agree with. Mm. Loving people who might love differently to you. Mm. Um, a commitment to the law. The Sabbath mm. is a beautiful thing. Not murdering people is a great thing. Mm. But the essence of all of that is love. Yeah. It's not a 10-step program. Yeah. It's a one-step program. Love. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Enough Room. We'll be dropping another episode in about a week's time. So until then, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Till next time. Bye.